I'm using my uh, iPad today, and it's so weird, but uh, our printer uh, was affected by, what, 9.1 gigawatts or whatever lightning does. I just made a reference to Back to the Future. Uh, totally unplanned. Okay. Uh, on Sunday, after my last Mass, I, I tend to right away go to the readings for the next Sunday and then just start praying. You know, Lord, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do with this? And then on Wednesday, Father Lay and I sit down and we put together our homilies. And what was astounding is this Wednesday, we both realized uh, it felt like the Holy Spirit calling us to go in a direction neither of us anticipated. And it's all around these words, sanctus, 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 that hopefully you saw when you came in. This is not subtle. Even I noticed it. And uh, this is uh, something we'd planned for some time, but it just became a reality this week. And we realized this is where the Lord was calling us to go. Most homilies, I try to give you something practical to walk away with. How can I be holier this week than last week? But this, I guess, is more of a look quite literally at our church in relation to these words to try to understand something important that we did not build this church with a practical element of mind in the design as much as what we say a catechetical that we tried to do what people used to do. You build the church in such a way that its very structure teaches and worships. And this is a big part of it. In 2018, when I got here, that was one of the first things the bishop said. You got to figure out that building project and uh, get a church up. I was like, no pressure, yeah? Uh, so I started to pray and pray, and uh, the, the Lord brought to mind this passage, quote, and we heard it last week in our second reading, huh? Quote, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us cast aside every encumbrance of sin and press forward with our eyes fixed on Jesus. So it seemed clear we needed to build the church around that scripture passage, and that's what we did. The first line you hear is, surrounded by such a cloud of witnesses. What does that mean? Well, it's a reference to the saints who've gone before us and to you. Uh, the cloud of witnesses is each other. Look at you. You're here to pray. Um, and this might be, for many, the only time we gather to pray with people we don't know. But all of us have the same agenda. I know I need Jesus, and I believe Jesus calls me here. But there's this other cloud of witnesses that's the saints in the kingdom of heaven. And there will be people who tell you, well, don't pray to the saints. Scripture says we have only one advocate. That's always the line. But then they ask you to pray. huh? And as for us who are Catholic, Oh, we believe in the resurrection of the dead. We believe people in heaven are alive. And we believe St. John. When he was given a vision of heaven by God, what did it say? That, he's, that in heaven, there are all the saints crying out to God, praying for us. So we surrounded our church with saints. Uh, what are some of the things? You may remember, uh, while we were building, we collected your rosaries. 
We collected your old statues, any holy thing that you wanted to dispose of or that you wanted in the church. And it's ground right into the foundation of this church. You and I are standing on the rosaries that your grandma prayed, your grandpa prayed. We're standing on the statues that generations of Catholics have looked at and remembered these holy men and women. It's literally in the foundation of our church. It's also reflected, you may, I hope you notice, the crosses all over the floor of our church. Every time you see a cross, underneath it is the medal of a saint. Not only that, but of course, we've got Joseph, well, just so you know, that's Mary. I, sorry. Uh, Mary and Joseph, and we're getting new ones, but uh, again, the quarantine messed up everything, yeah? So, it, of course, an Italian company's making them, which means when we say, when will they get there, their answer is usually yes. So uh, we've got these. Now, St. Martin de Porres did not ascend to heaven. Uh, I always joked he put on a little weight and was too heavy for the stand. We're working on it, yeah? And over here, we have the sacred heart of Jesus, but he'll move as soon as our St. Solanus Casey statue arrives. Uh, someday, God willing, uh, we will even have all along these soffits here, uh, images of saints processing forward calling us, come on, let's go. We are surrounded by clouds of witnesses. Infused right into our concrete are the saints and reminders of the saints. All these things to remind us that they are our foundation, that they pray for us. The next thing we hear is since we're surrounded by this cloud of witnesses, let us cast aside every encumbrance of do you remember? What does Jesus want us to cast aside? Sin. Someone, you just earned 10 Jesus points. Was that you? All right, 12. All right. Now I'm thinking of Jesus' points. Sorry, sin. Okay, we want to cast aside our sin. So what's the first thing when you walk in the doors to the church? The confessionals. The place we go to receive mercy, where we give Jesus our sins and he takes them so that we are free. He doesn't want us carrying our guilt. He wants us free. And that's where we come to claim it. We walk in with that beautiful spiritual lottery ticket. I have been forgiven. I'm turning it in. Yeah? We also have our baptismal font, where our sins are washed away in baptism. And we'll get back to that font in just a moment. The Blessed Sacrament and the crucifix are our obedience to the passage that we press forward with our eyes fixed on, you know, eyes fixed on Jesus. Jesus at his most vulnerable. We want Jesus at his most powerful because then we get to be powerful. But no, we're vulnerable. So he comes to us vulnerable, dying on a cross in the form of breakable, ignorable bread. He we fix our eyes on and say, I want to be like you. I don't want to change you to be like me. I want to be like you. I set my eyes on you and I process forward. We keep our eyes on Jesus. 
And here at the altar, at the crucifix and the blessed sacrament, we experience him. As for the altar itself, you uh, may notice we have, uh, well, well, Jerusalem crosses. Do you know these? They're the ones I'm going to move. Hold on. These guys right here, the cross with a bunch of little crosses. Those are called Jerusalem crosses. And there's a bunch of them all throughout the church. There's 12 pillars in our church because there's 12 apostles. And on each pillar is the Jerusalem cross to remind us that you and I are striving for what the Bible calls the heavenly Jerusalem, namely heaven, that that's our goal. Our goal is the heavenly Jerusalem. And so filled all over this church, it's these Jerusalem crosses to remind us what? It won't always be like this. It won't always be hard to be holy. It won't always be that our experience is defined by chaos and anger and pain. One day our wounds will be healed. One day we will be one with him and each other with no encumbrances of sin. The, the apostles are the pillars of our faith. And they pray for us and they remind us of heaven. So all throughout the church, you see these Jerusalem crosses not to remember a city a few thousand miles away, but to remember a city that's coming. This kingdom of heaven is also reminded in our baptismal font, which again, should be here any day now, three years ago. Okay? It's, all the, it's all the quarantine stuff, but it's built, or building, it's paid for, it's designed, and what is it? Well, in Revelations, again, when John describes heaven, he says in, in the New Jerusalem, there's a garden. And in that garden, that we don't have to weed, note that. In that garden is a tree. And that is the tree of life. Do you remember all the bad stuff started with a tree? Well, that tree will be in heaven to show us what God conquered. And it says carved into that tree will be the names. Carved by the blood of the Lamb will be our names. And so our font will look like a tree. And it will have carved into it those words from Revelations. And it will have three bowls because the Trinity is the central mystery of our faith. So those three bowls, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, we will be baptized right into the heart of the cross. And that's the moment when, when we hold those little ones or when we see those adults being baptized, we know that moment is what's going to make heaven possible. We remember heaven. Earth is so loud. So we filled the church with reminders of heaven. And that number three is important, so we have three steps here. There's a bunch of threes in the church. But these three steps have the words on them, sanctus, 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 holy, holy, holy. Why that? Why three times? Once again, when John saw heaven, he saw that cloud of witnesses, but he also saw angels that were so close to God that his fire was, con was burning them in a good way, not consuming them. These little fiery ones, in Greek that means seraphim. So these little fiery ones who stand in the fire of God and cry out, it says in Scripture, they cry out what? Holy, 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 Lord God of hosts. 
Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. They cry it out all through time and history. They can't take their eyes off him. For you and for me. What we recognize is what they're crying out. Why three times? Because in Hebrew, there's no word for better or best. You don't say good, better, or best. You say good, and if it's better, you say good, good. And if it's the definition of good, you say good, good, good. So those angels crying out to God, they're saying you are the definition of holy. You are holiness itself. And that's going on in heaven right now. And in just a few moments, in what will be the best moment of your day, I will quit talking, yeah? And then we'll get to this point where the choir sings the song of the angels. Holy, holy, holy. Why? Because we're entering heaven. Holy, 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 right here at the altar where God transports us to heaven so that we can celebrate the Last Supper with him. The Last Supper on our time, linear time, it happened 2,000 years ago, just like this. So how were we saved by an act 2,000 years ago on the altar and in the crucifixion? Because God's not in time. In God's heart and mind, the crucifixion is happening now. The resurrection's happening now. The Last Supper is happening now. So we enter heaven so that we can be at the Last Supper. Not recreating it, not remembering it or reenacting it, but being there. When Jesus placed God, his flesh in his disciples' hands and hearts, that's the same Eucharist you receive. It's not like it. It's not similar. It is. There is one Eucharist. It's the one your grandparents received. It's the one their grandparents received. It's the one your grandkids will receive. It is one Eucharist, and that's only possible in heaven. So we ascend the steps of heaven to the song of the angels. We go through time with God and enter the Last Supper. All of this so that when you see holy, 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 you remember. Because we do this a lot. We do it every day. And we might forget how beautiful and vital it is. Without this mass, our souls die. This is how our souls breathe, by prayer. It's their oxygen. So I pray that you thank God for this beautiful place because, of course, only God could do it, but you had to help. So many of you sacrificed so much for us to have a place that isn't just practical. Worldly people can do practical. We wanted to do beautiful and catechetical. We wanted the very construction of the building to say Jesus is Lord, that we are striving together for heaven, that we want to cast aside every encumbrance of sin and press forward. We'll never give up because he won't give up. And until that day that all the wounds are washed away, until that day we are reunited with him and with everybody who's gone before us, we have this moment, this beautiful moment where he gives us himself. Pray that as we see these words and as we look at these Jerusalem crosses and all the other things built to remind us that we'll remember heaven, 
and that we'll never forget how important it is, however we feel, that we come together and do what Jesus commanded us. May God bless us all.